Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. So I want you to turn, if you will, please, to the book of Acts, chapter 4, and verse number 32 through verse number 37. Acts, chapter 4, verse 32 through verse number 37. And today I want to speak to you on the subject of living a life of grace. Just living a life of grace. Now, Acts, the book of Acts, to me, is... You know, we have the Gospels, and the Gospels really tell us the story of our Lord, tell us the story of Jesus and, and what He did on this earth and, and, and many things. Not, of course, everything, but many things that He did. To me, I believe we see in the book of Acts, we see the power of the Holy Spirit as He is, has come and is indwelling believers, and we see the, the power of the Holy Spirit being demonstrated through the first century church. And so I love reading the book of Acts. But I'll be honest with you, there's a phrase in here that for years has captivated me. And I've often thought, how in the world do we get to that point where as a church family we are living out what we're reading in Acts chapter 4, verse 32 through 37. And I believe the key phrase is going to be in verse 33. That's going to be my key text, although I'm going to preach from all of this where it says that they had this great grace was all of them. Now let's read together in verse 32. The Bible says, Now the large group of those who believed were of one heart and mind, and no one said that any of his possessions was his own. But instead they held everything in common. And the apostles were giving testimony with great power. Now I want you to think about that. These apostles were giving testimony. In other words, they were speaking, okay, Their their life that they lived were speaking volumes. The words that they said were speaking volumes, but they weren't speaking timidly, okay? They weren't fearful any longer. If you remember, they were fearful after the the crucifixion, right? And they assembled in the upper room, and and they were somewhat afraid there. They didn't know exactly what was going to take place. Matter of fact, during the whole betrayal, if you remember, Peter denied our Lord in, in fear of maybe what would happen. Something happened. Something's changed now in the life of the apostles. And I believe what we see taking place is the evidence of a Holy Spirit-filled life that God has come upon them through the person of the Holy Spirit is now indwelt them. And the Bible says in verse 33 that the apostles were giving testimony with great power. Man, I like that. With great power. Matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I read the book of Acts. You see, I try to read every day. I read out of three books of the Bible. I read a little bit out of the book of Psalms, the entire gathering of the Psalms that are there to kind of help me grow in the area of love, okay? Then I read every day out of the book of Proverbs, and I want to hopefully gain some wisdom. So I want to increase in love. I want to gain more wisdom as I go through love, so I read the book of Proverbs. But also, I read the book of Acts every day. Why do I read a portion of the book of Acts every day? 
because there's great power in the book of Acts. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a powerless Christian. I don't want to just meander haphazardly through life and be this powerless, wimpy little Christian. I mean, I really want my life to count for Christ. I really want it to count for God. And I want to be a powerful Christian. And that's why I read the book of Acts for power. So I read the book of Psalms for love. Read the book of Proverbs for wisdom. Read the book of Acts for power. And that's something we all could do. Every one of us could increase in those areas. But it says that they gave this testimony with great power to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And, now get this part, and great grace was on all of them. Great grace was on all of them. You need to underline that in your Bibles or highlight that on your iPad or in your iPhone or whatever. I want you to see that. Great grace was on all of them. And then in verse number 34, for there was not a needy person among them. Let that sink in. Sometimes I think we're guilty of reading the scripture way too fast. Oh, there wasn't a needy person. Well, you got to remember, there's over 5,000 men, not counting the wives and children in this first church. It grew rapidly. And here we see, because this great grace was on all of them, for there was not a needy person among them, because all those who owned lands or houses sold them. They brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and they laid them at the apostles' feet. And this was then distributed for each person's basic needs. And then we find Joseph. By the way, did you realize, how many have heard of Barnabas? Most of us have all heard of Barnabas. He's the great what? Shout it out to me. He's the great encourager. Yeah, Barnabas was this great encourager. But do you know that's not his real name? You know his name is what? Joseph, right? Here you find Joseph, this, this Levite. He was called Barnabas, which is translated the son of encouragement. In verse number 37, sold a field that he owned and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I want to draw your attention once again to verse number 33, which this is the past. This, these are the words. This is the verse that really jumps off the pages at me that I want to try to unpack for us this morning. Great grace was upon them all. Let's pray. Father, I pray now that you would speak through me. As I have studied, I have prepared, I have meditated on this passage of Scripture. I have gleaned some thoughts. I've written down some things. Direct me now in my deliverance. Help me, God, to be able to proclaim what it is you've laid on my heart. Help us as a church. God, I'm not speaking to the universal church today. However, we're grateful we're a part of it. And I'm not speaking to the church down the road, or I'm not even speaking to the Christians that may be assembled together in other churches today. Good churches. I'm speaking to Victory Church today. Help us to apply this message here. Help us to be a people that leave here today that become intentional about living life with tremendous, great grace 
upon us. God, we've got to be intentional about this. It's easy to go through our Christian life and, and not show much grace. It's easy to go through our Christian life and not pass on grace to other. Help us, God, to be that group of people that could be said that great grace rests upon those at victory. That's my prayer. Speak to our hearts. Speak through me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What is grace? We've come through this study now. Six or seven weeks we've been in this study. We've been studying grace every single week. We've watched the DVD lessons. We've gone through the discussion, questions. We've read the book. We're doing our studying. I wonder how many could right now define what is grace. Well, here's a short definition. And and you could extend it more and you could get more lengthy with it. But I think in short, this is what it is. Grace is favor which we are the recipients of that don't deserve it. Right? Would you agree with that? Grace is favor we do not deserve. Right? And, and how many have ever heard the subject or the definition of grace and mercy? Grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. Mercy is God not giving us what we do deserve. Aren't you glad we serve a merciful and gracious God? But grace is simply God giving us His favor when we simply do not deserve it. Let me read some things that I have pinned down as I've been trying to just think about this whole process, this whole study. I don't want this to be one of those studies that, oh yeah, we did that study on grace and we kind of move on to the next one and our lives really aren't changed as a result of it. So I've tried to do some serious reflection. I've had some time, I've had hours that I've been able to sit down with just my iPad and, and my computer and just journal and write down some things about grace, some things that, that I've learned, some things hopefully that our church can benefit from. And I've pinned many of those down here today in this message. And so I'm going to go back and I'm going to read some of the things that I've pinned down. Hopefully we can all benefit from this and grow, as Peter says, in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. Let me share with first thing I wrote down when I'm thinking about it. I'm just trying to define. I ask myself the question in my own personal time. What is grace? John, can you even define grace? What is it? What does it look like? How do we get our arms around it? How do we express it? How do we extend it? What's the purpose of it? These are tremendous questions that hopefully we're all starting to ask in our own life instead of just saying, whoop, yep, went through another grace study. What's next, preacher? You know, we got to stop and absorb this, okay? It's not just about getting head knowledge. It's about our hearts being changed. Get this. When we live a life of grace, get this now. We take some of that undeserved favor that God has shown us. Get this. Here's the key. And we pass it to others who do not deserve it. That's what grace is. Grace is us receiving that favor, those blessings from God that none of us deserve. And then we pass it on to those people in our life that do not deserve it either. Do you have people in your life that don't deserve grace? Sure, we all do, right? 
Do you have people in your life that just rub you wrong? Do you have people in your life that you just don't like? Come on now. Let's be real, folks. Do you have people, and you mention their names, you're like, oh, that person drives me crazy. And now don't, don't mention the name, okay? They may be sitting next to you and just don't know it. <laughs> but we all, I mean, we all have that. I mean, we all have people like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, you, know uh. you know what we must do now? Because we have received grace from God, we must turn around and allow that grace that God has blessed us with and that has come upon us, and we must pass it on to others who do not deserve it. That's what being a Christian is all about, right? If we deserve God's love and forgiveness then it wouldn't be grace. If we somehow could work and earn His love and work and earn His forgiveness, then it wouldn't be grace. Matter of fact, if you borrow money, say you come up to me and you say, Preacher, I need a hundred bucks. I'd send you to somebody else. But if you came up to me and you said, Preacher, I need twenty dollars, I could help you out. Okay? Here's twenty bucks. And then you bring that twenty dollars back to me in a week. Did you show grace to me? No. You just fulfilled your obligation. I gave you something, you said you would give it back, you gave it back, you fulfilled an obligation. That's not grace. But grace is me extending something to you and never expecting anything in return. Are you tracking with me, church? I've just been thinking about grace and I didn't want to close out with that last sermon. I just want to close it out with some thoughts that I've been gathering together about grace. If people around us deserved, get this, if people around us... Now, I want you to think about people around you. Do you have that picture? Think about people in your life. Think about those that are around you. Start with your immediate family. Extend it out a little further to the in-laws. Everybody knows that in-laws need grace, right? <laughs> I see some of you laughing. It's okay. We're, it's okay. I, we're just going to think out loud here a little bit together. Let me do the thinking out loud, okay? I'll be, I'm intentional with my thoughts out loud here. Don't you think out loud. You may get in trouble right there, okay? Now, let it go a little further than extended family and let it go a little further than the in-laws. Let it go on out to cousins and let it go on out and out to friends and maybe neighbors and maybe co-workers and let it extend out to your Victory Church family and all of us in here. Let's think about all of that. Get this. Here's something I wrote down. If people around us deserved to be loved, to be blessed, to be treated well, and we love them and we bless them and we treat them well, friends, that's not grace. Key word is if they deserve that. That's not grace. Right? Are you tracking with me? However, when we live in such a way that God's kindness and His favor spills over to those around us and they are now the recipients of our love for them, our blessing to them, our kindness to them, our treating them well, our esteeming them of greater value than myself is what Paul told the Galatians. When we are doing that and they are undeserving, that's called grace. Right? Sometimes we think about grace. Oh, that's what God gives us. Thank God for grace. Hallelujah. Amazing grace. Woo! We sing that song. And, uh, 
But it's more than that. Guys, please understand me. It's more than that. Are you with me? Grace is more than just God's saving grace. Now, I'm not undermining that whatsoever. I mean, without that, we are hopeless. We are lost. We have no hope whatsoever. I thank God for His grace that He's bestowed upon me. And I thank God for the mercy that He's extended to me. I thank God for the redemption that I have through His Son, Jesus Christ. But listen, guys. Listen, listen, listen. There's more to grace than just receiving God's grace. We must be intentional about turning around now and letting God's grace come and flow through us. And now we are extending God's grace to people who do not deserve it in your life. Mm. I want you to think about that. Did we deserve God's grace? I look at my own life, I didn't deserve it. Man, I don't know how many times I've asked God to forgive me for using His name in vain when I was a punk kid. I was ruthless. And sometimes I wish I could go back and relive some of those years. Man, I wish I could get some of those back. But I can't. But I am so thankful that God extended grace to me when, listen guys, I did not deserve to receive any of it. And how selfish and how wrong it is of me to receive this amazing, abundant, marvelous grace from God that He's bestowed upon me when I didn't deserve it. And for me to turn around and refuse to give grace to those people around me because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be loved. Look at that. <laughs> Forget that. Cutting them out of my life. <laughs> They're out of my life. Matter of fact, I'm going to do everything I can to hurt that person. They're, they're wrong. They're, what's wrong? What? You realize nasty stuff like that goes on all the time? God help us if it goes on in our life. May God convict us today if that type of nonsense goes on in our life. You want me to tell you why? Because you... <laughs> Sometimes I don't know if I need to just say what I'm feeling. But when you hoard up God's grace and you don't extend it to those who do not deserve it in your life, maybe someone has wronged you. Maybe they have intentionally wronged you. Maybe they have attacked you and intentionally attacked you. Maybe they've tried everything they could to destroy you and intentionally tried to destroy you. You know what you must do? You know what you must do? You know what you must do? Everybody say must do. You know what you must do as a child of God? You must extend grace to them, even if they don't deserve it. Amen. Right? Amen. I'm going to extend grace. I'm going to love you, even though you haven't shown any love to me. I'm going to bless you, even though you haven't blessed me. I am going to be there for you, even though you haven't been there for me. I am going to extend grace to you. Right, guys? That's real. If we don't do that, we become like the Dead Sea. How many are familiar with the Dead Sea? Do you know a little bit about the Dead Sea? Here's the irony of the Dead Sea. Water flows in, but it never flows out. And I've never visited the Dead Sea. I've never been there. I would love to go tour that land one day. And hopefully before I die, it's on my bucket list. As dangerous as it may be today, I still would love to go tour the Holy Land and all of that. 
my wife like, go by yourself. <laughs> but here's something about the Dead Sea. They say there's a stench that's there. Maybe some of you have been there. I don't know. They say there's a stench. It just stinks there. Matter of fact, there are no living fish in the Dead Sea. Everything dies there, which is why it's called the Dead Sea. No living fish there. You know, in America today, we all want to try to build a house by the water somewhere, don't we? I mean, we love a lake, a nice pond. Don't you love that? I mean, don't you love to see the waterfalls and a nice lake and a nice pond and we kind of live... If you were over the Dead Sea, you would not want to build anywhere close to that. There's a stench there. There's no life there. There's nothing beautiful there. Why is that? It's because fresh water flows in, but it never goes out. May I ask you a question? And Trudy, I told you I wouldn't venture far off of this today, but I am, it seems like I am so far from my notes right now, okay? So just kind of bear with me about there. Could it be that your life is like the Dead Sea? Could it be that you're receiving from God, blessings from God, favor from God, and you're hoarding it up, and you're hoarding it up, and you're turning around, and you're not extending grace to those individuals who do not deserve it? Your life becomes just like the Dead Sea. And guess what? There's a stench that's there. There's not any joy there. There's, there's no life there. It, it's not an attractive place to be. It, it's a miserable place to be. And maybe the answer to some of the problems in our life is that we've got to learn how to extend grace. We've received it, and we're thankful for it, and we shout, oh, how I love Jesus. But then we turn around to those people in our life, and, and we have a hard time extending grace. Are you all with me today? Don't live a life like the Dead Sea. Don't allow that stench to come over your life. You'll be miserable. Extend grace to those who don't deserve it. Love those who really don't deserve it. You'll be a happier believer as a result of it. Now, I've gotten so far away from my notes, I'm not even sure I can bring this back on track. What is grace? Favor we do not deserve. And verse 33 says that great and abundant amount of grace was on them. And guys, I want you to know that's my prayer for our church. I've sat and I've reflected over the past six or seven weeks as we've gone through this study together. I want you to know I've been praying for you. And the main thing that I pray for you, not so much that you would receive God's grace, but I think most everyone in our study has received God's grace. But the problem is we receive it and it's stifled and we're not releasing it. And we're not extending it. And my prayer for our church over the past several weeks has been that that we could grow to be a church that extends grace to those around us who simply don't deserve it. Amen? Huh. I've got about eight more pages of things I wrote down. But I really think that's the message today. 
Maybe I'll come back and preach the rest of this later, but I'm done. That's the point. Now, you're going to see some things expounded in the life of these individuals. By the way, spend some time reading Acts 4 and 5. You're going to see that these believers cared for one another. Man, they had a proper attitude towards each other. The Bible said, you got me, there's over 5,000 men. Now, in, in the biblical days, all they numbered were the men. 5,000 men in this first church. Then you include their wives and you include their children. It's 10, 15, 20. I don't know how many thousands of people are in this first church. And they said there weren't any needs among them. Everybody's needs were met. You know what that is? That's taking care of one another. You know what that is? That's extending grace. And then they had a proper attitude towards their money, on their ownership, verse 32b, verses 34 through 37. And then, of course, they had a proper attitude and mindset about evangelism and spreading the gospel. I'm not going to even go preach all that stuff. But you see these things. You see their expression of grace. I want to close by just simply asking you. Sorry, Trudy, I'm done. I want to, I want to close by asking you. What expressions of grace have you been extending? Who is it that maybe right now God is fingering around in your heart and he's bringing a few people up to your mind right now, up to your remembrance. That he's challenging you to extend grace to. And by the way, we all have those people in our life. You're not alone. We all have those people. Right? People that may not deserve our love, our blessings, our favor, our kindness but we're going to give it anyway. So who are those people? And my challenge to you today is that the grace that you've received, that you will turn around and you'll just become a conduit of God's grace. And you will learn how to extend grace to those, key word, who do not deserve it. That's my message. It changed. As soon as I got in this pulpit, that's not where I was going with this message. But that's what God laid on my heart. Let's don't become Dead Sea Christians. Okay? Let's don't become Dead Sea Christians. Let's live where the water of grace is flowing. In and out. Father, as the band comes. Father, we thank you for this study. And Lord, I thank you for the direction. Father, there's so much more that I've written down that I didn't even speak on this morning. But God, I believe now is the time to close this service. I believe enough has been said. I believe the heart of the message has been delivered. Thank you for your grace. Tremendous favor and blessing and love and kindness that comes from you to us. And all of us are so undeserving of anything you bless us with. We're all undeserving of your grace. And Father, I feel like Paul, the chief of all sinners, I feel like I am the most undeserving of anyone in this room. But God, I thank you for the grace you've bestowed upon me, upon my wife, upon my children, upon my family. God, you have been so good to me.
You've been so good to my family. God, you have blessed me. And I recognize that. And Father, my prayer is, and maybe it's the prayer of many more that are sitting here today, that we would not be Dead Sea Christians. That we would be those Christians that extend grace to those who do not deserve it. We would extend love to those who do not deserve to be loved. We'll extend kindness to those who do not deserve to receive kindness. We'll, re we'll extend blessings. We'll extend favor. We'll, we'll just simply extend kindness and love and grace to everyone in our life. And may our life be a living testimony of the grace that we have received from you. May those come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior as a result of of watching our lives and how we live our lives. Thank you for the grace we've received. Help us to extend it to those around us. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.